Welcome to Geek and Sassy. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with the wonderful and beautiful Miranda. How are you doing, Miranda? You know, eventually that's going to go to my head. Every time I'm like, stop it, I am not. But eventually I think it might go to my head. Well, but don't I, stop saying it. I will never stop saying it. Don't worry about that. <laughs> How are you? I am actually, uh, shocker, I'm good. What? You don't have any, uh ailments or maladies no i always got those okay (laughs) usually it's like i broke my toe or i need surgery so no when you i mean i'm I'm sure after 47 episodes our listeners are like damn is she ever well (laughs) yes and no um when you have a chronic illness autoimmune disease no you're never well (laughs) just some days are better than others well, I think we've both actually been in the ER since the last time we talked. We have. Which is have. awful. Oh, my God, yes. It was good. But morphine is good, so there's that. I didn't get morphine. You didn't get morphine? I, well, no, and there's this weird, um, so I'm allergic to codeine. Right. And so there's a lot of the eens I can't have. All right, right. And they're all, they've always been afraid to give me the morphine mm-hmm. because... Usually, if you're allergic to codeine, it doesn't mean you're, like, morphine is not the same thing, but there are people that tend to have a reaction. Right. And I'm one of those people that if a side effect is listed, it's you're, gonna happen. Yeah. I, I can so see them being cautious about it. that. Um, I'm trying to think what it was they did. Oh, so they actually gave me, remember the concoction they gave me three or four years ago for a migraine, where yeah. I was like, this is, and it was like, uh, put me on oxygen, gave me an IV, gave me a Toradol. Ooh. Injection and a they gave me so they gave me a Toradol, which is like a muscle relaxer slash pain reliever. Yeah. They gave me that. They gave me a pain reliever this time called Keta something because of like why I was there. Uh-huh. Um and they gave me an IV and oxygen and I was like, Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. You're like I'm cured. Right? I was like, it's all good. We are good. No, I was in so much pain from what I think is a kidney stone, which I'd never had. I had no think idea. that's what they thought I was there for, and I was not. <laughs> and it was awful. And we sat in the ER for like three hours that night. Oh. And yeah. I, 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 like two minutes before they called my name, I was like, look, I cannot do this anymore. It, I'd never felt anything like that before. Um, not even like childbirth right that's like, yeah that's what i said it, it, it was the most intense shit and i was afraid because you know it happens where if you present with pain you don't know what the fuck is wrong with you and a lot of hospitals think you are drug seeking yes and like I was because I was in so much pain, but right, I, you're like I am seeking drugs because. But I like, am in pain. also fix me, you know, like not because I am a drug addict. Like I am legitimately in pain, therefore need the drugs. Otherwise, do not want the drugs. It's like I'm not coming here on in in early January with right? my deductible not met to come to this ER and try to scam some drugs. Like just oh my god, it hurts and help me. Deductible. I got the bill, so you know I've been double insured for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, thank, thank heavens. That's not something a lot of people can afford, right? Uh, or have that luxury. And I just am afforded it because I work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently found out I am no longer double insured. Oh no! 
Um, yeah, so I got this, not a bill, but you know the statements they send from like, your insurance yeah. company? Mm-hmm. Or not from the not from the hospital, but like from your insurance company saying like, hey, mm-hmm. this is what we paid. So I went in that night, and they don't really question you at the ER. Now, like your regular doctor, they look at you, and they're like, ma'am, this isn't valid. Mm-hmm. So like nobody said anything to me at the ER. Nobody about like, this isn't valid or anything. So I gave them both of my insurances. I'm like, I'm double insured, blah, blah, blah. So apparently, because they tried to run the insurance that was not good, and I did not know it, because, long story short, my company switched to a new medical provider. Ah, of course. And you had to have clicked on a link by a certain day in January and filled out this little thing, mm-hmm. or you don't have medical insurance anymore. Yep. And, like, I got really angry at this, because back in October, you know, which is usually when that's renewal time. Mm-hmm. They also sent out an email that said, if you have no changes, there's nothing for you to do. Ah. And I was like, well, I ain't got no changes, so I'm good. Right. And then I never got the email at the beginning of January that was like, hey, if you actually, because we're changing providers for your actual medical, not your dental and vision, we're changing providers for your medical. Like, I have so many emails that come into me daily because um, you know what I do with work. I literally get an email every time my name gets attached to something. Right. So I, at the end of the week, have like 15,000, and that's not an exaggeration. I have like 15,000 oh emails my in my deleted folder. Well, somewhere I didn't get it. So I'm not double insured. So I get this statement thing yesterday that's like, this is not a bill, but we didn't cover anything. Right. And I would be totally screwed if I didn't have that insurance through Jerry. If I had like, oh crap, I didn't have right insurance at all now. Twenty seven thousand dollars for my visit to the ER. I th- so I'm pretty sure I'm at the deductible for the whole fucking yeah. family. <laughs> I think mine was close to ten, ten thousand. Um, and I nothing was ever determined. Like it was never. He was like, I'm pretty sure you passed the stone. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I would know that, but, like, whatever. You won't, apparently, because my friend, Wally, that you know, I was texting him because I needed somebody to come sit with Caden. And, like, I was trying to see if he was at work. And when I found out he was, our other friend, Dan, came and hung out with Caden while I went to the ER. And um, Wally was like, well, maybe it's a kidney stone because you can pass one and not know it, but you'll be in excruciating pain. Apparently, that's what happened. That really sucks, dude. Yep. Like, but no, I had to have a CT with contrast. Me too. Yep. There you go. Yep. But they, and so the morphine was just like, because I'd been hurting so bad, like so intensely that it was just an experience to like not feel pain. And like, it was amazing. And I've had morphine before, but like, I don't remember ever just having this amazing experience. And I was wrecked. My dad, the first time they gave it, to him, because, you know, it's, it's heavily used in, uh, in the cancer side mm-hmm. of things. So the first time they gave it to my dad, <laughs> my dad, like, they shot it into his IV, and literally within, like, three minutes, yeah. he looks over at me, and he's like, I've never done drugs. Yeah. This is the best shit I've ever so, done in my life. And then he fell asleep. And I was yeah. like, all right, hey, I want, can I get some of that? Like hey, it, it, over hits, here. it hits your brain, and you just, like, feel it like you like literally feel it hitting your brain it's just yeah. I actually ended up getting two shots because the pain came back like quickly um so anyway all the pill versions of what they gave me in my IV and I was like great mm, it's 2 a.m wow. nowhere to feel this the Toradol or uh, the other one 
No, they gave me both. They gave me a little bit more Toradol, which Toradol is not something that you can take um, consistently and regularly. So they only gave me like five of those. Yeah, yeah. Whatever this K one is for pain, that I'm sorry, it really doesn't do that much for pain. But in can when you give it to someone in conjunction with this and this and this, mm-hmm. it's like woohoo, this is great. <laughs> all right, so all of our ten minute medical histories aside, um, the people you, eat this shit up. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody got their own ailments, but. You posted something today that I wanted to talk about, which was an article about this man, mm-hmm. and he, like, randomly posted something on Twitter, from what I can understand, and yeah. he was referencing his internal monologue, and how he discovered that other people, some other people do not have an internal monologue, and it was, like, mind-blowing, uh, yeah. to, to read this and to even conceive the fact that this is a thing that happens because I've never ever considered the alternative. Yeah. I, because like you and I've had conversations about like, Oh, I talk to myself all the time or, Oh, like if I could get my brain to stop right. saying these things right. or whatever. Um, and it's not like, cause I've talked openly on here about, um, my mental health issues and it's not even like people with mental health issues. It's just, there's a lot of people in the world that the norm that I have come across is when you say, Oh, I'm sorry. I was having a conversation with uh, like, Oh, and somebody will look at you and they'll be like, Oh, Hey, where'd you go? And you're like, Oh, sorry. I was having a conversation with myself in my head. I was just thinking about something else. Like the majority of the people I come across, when if you said that to them, they'd be like, don't worry, I do it all the time, too. And right. they mean it. Yeah. I've never had anybody be like, "What you do what? I yeah. don't, what are you talking about? Because a lot of times, like I said, you and I have talked about it, me and you and other friends, and me and other friends have talked about, like, oh, if I could just get my, my we, we say thoughts, if I could just get my thoughts to talk about, to shut off, but my thoughts actually have, like, a sound in there right yeah so like, yeah like a monologue um it's just like when you speak out loud it's just internal like i right, it, hear it's myself internally yeah it's like a 90 sitcom where there's the yeah the narrator yeah like the that's narrator. what my brain is like all the all time, the time. non like yes and, consistently and usually there's a song stuck in there somewhere yep, yep. and there's a you song know, there's a gif of some kind yeah, there's Homer Simpson saying dough like I kid you not there's like a very intellectual like conversation that or a TED talk that I listen to in there like right it's all going on at one time so I I I just became like fascinated with this idea because I was just driving today and I'm like okay so I'm driving thinking to myself right just the way that I normally do and I'm like well what do the other people do while they're driving is it like, just, what do they do? They, they said just like, and then you're kind of amazed at that because, you know, I when you go, like I meditate and I go to yoga and one of the, they're always like, clear your mind. If it goes somewhere else, like in some meditations, they say, if it goes somewhere else, let it go there. Um, and then others, it's heavily widespread that if your brain goes somewhere, bring it back. Think of like an open field or a blank white room. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Jesus, I can't do that. I can't so, do it. I can't. That's why I have certain um, meditation um, guides. Yeah, like meditational guides that I follow because they're heavy on the, if your brain goes somewhere, let it go there. Why is it going there? Figure out where it's going. Bring it into what you're trying to center yourself. Like, if it's upsetting you, stop. But, like, why are you going there? What's making you go there? Why can you not stop going there? That makes more sense to me. 
Right. It makes complete sense because the whole reason you're meditating is to figure out, like, well, sometimes it's just to, like, kind of calm things and recenter. Because right. I am a person that has that inner monologue all the time. Yeah. I have to try to find a way to shut it out. So I'm with, I'm with you. I'm like, where, if they don't have one, like, do they just never have thoughts? Do they just never have, or is it that they do, but they're not, like, ours are where they're consistent? Um, you know, like what I meant, what he mentioned in that article was some people have like actual like pictures in their mind. So that's the way they think of things. Um, and, or like they actually see the words. So they're a visual instead of yeah, a like mentally visual. It's not, it's not an audio. Instead of it's verbal, a, yeah. So interesting. I don't understand that. Like I can't process that, but yeah. It makes was, more sense to me than just, like, complete silence. Like It does, head. but then it also makes you think, because if you keep reading through the article, like, there are these people that do have just complete silence, and they're like, how does that work? I don't like, know how that works. I, in the words of my 13-year-old, like, it genuinely shook me. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> me I too. Was just, and I like, asked Ethan about it, too, and he was just, like, acting like I was stupid as fuck. Well, he was just I like, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up to him, because I did. I said something to Caden, and I was like... Because um, especially how our boys' brains work, Cadence mm-hmm. is really bad, like, never shuts off. Like, he right. has to take, you know, he was on melatonin since he was two because, mm-hmm. I've said it before, the doctor has equated it to, like, if you opened a web browser and then you just kept opening web browsers, mm-hmm. like, over and over again, that's my son's brain, like, 24-7. So he has to have sh- help turning that off at night to, like, go to sleep. So I asked him about that because I was like, well... Let me get his, like, I know he's only 13, but, like, what does he think? And I was like, hey, like, in your brain, you talk to yourself, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I see things all the time. I talk to myself all the time. He's like, I have things going in there all the time that I'm not going to be thinking about when I'm supposed to be doing something else. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And he's like, sometimes it just won't stop. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so his goes a little bit further than ours. Yeah. Like, like, won't go away. Um, and I said, do you know that there's people that don't have that at all? And he's like, what is wrong with them? I know. And I don't mean to say that. I just I just think it's fascinating. It, no, I do. I find it entirely fascinating, and it makes me wonder. Like, are they a very analytical brain? Like, I would, I would like to do more like research into this because I genuinely I read this, and it got a lot of comments too from friends of ours mm-hmm. that were like, "What? What is wrong with these people?" And there's nothing wrong with you. So if you're a person like this, I genuinely would love to hear from you because. Yeah, I have like a million questions. Right, I have a lot of questions if you don't mind answering them. So if you're a person that you're like, no, I don't really talk to myself inside my head. I don't. Yeah, I get a song stuck every once in a while. But no, when Jenny and I say we get a song stuck in our head, it's like, it's going to happen several times a week. Oh, yeah, like every day, so, usually. Yeah, every day. So if you're a person that can like shut all of that out, like, have you always been able to shut all that out? Like, have you never had it come in? Like... And, like, how does reading work? Because. Well, that, yeah, that would might be my other question is because you create this in your mind, right? With reading. That's part of reading is right. that you can use your imagination and you bring apart, you bring together a world that I might visualize it one way and you might visualize it another. So do they visualize like that or do they just read and they're like, oh, that's cool. And also, they, like, when I read, it's just like. I read aloud in my mind, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I do, like, so I can't. I usually read out loud. Like, I'll, like, if a sentence, I'm like, what? I'll, like, read it out loud, and then I'll read it out loud again. 
So, like, yeah. I, I, I read in my brain. Like, I can hear myself. In your head. Yeah, in my yeah. own head. Yeah, me too. And then also, like, in messages and stuff, I read things in other people's voices. I do too. Like, I can physically hear you right. when I'm reading our conversations with each other. Like, um, not, I won't go into, like, detail, but you and I were having a conversation the other day. We would both had, like, a really crappy day about something. And you were like, I don't know. And I actually heard you audibly <laughs> sighing and doing the I don't know. And I could see, I could even see your facial expression. So, uh, I, I do that all the time. I mean, like, certain voices will stand out. And it's just, like, when I read a note from them or a message from them, I'm like, yeah, that's, it's, that's all I hear. Or, like, if you reread a book, here's a good example. Like, uh, a lot of us have reread the Harry Potter books, like, a tons of times. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever listened to the audiobook, do you now, like, when you're reading the book, either hear the people that played the movie or you hear the narrator from the audiobook, like, as you're reading? <laughs> I haven't listened to the audiobooks, but, yeah. It's really good. It's usually the movie character that I hear. Yeah, but, like, so I'm very confused by this. I, I just have so many questions. Me too. Sorry, I've got the hiccups. Um, Uh-oh. Let's go away. We'll be good. We'll be good. Um, so, I, yeah, I have tons of questions, like, how this works. And I was very intrigued that, and felt kind of validated, almost, that other people were commenting. And there's been some mm-hmm. more comments. Um, I went to dinner with a friend for his birthday tonight, so, like, I haven't read all of them. But I've seen, like, so-and-so commented on your post. So-and-so commented on your post. So. Well, how about let's post the article when we post um, this episode? And so yeah, we can we post the link to that article. Yeah, and, post the uh, link, and then people can leave us their comments about whether you have an internal monologue or not. See what happens. I'll just go ahead and say our friend JT mm-hmm. said exactly how I felt, and I'm so like again validated because he's like this shit has me shaken. I can't process how people without them inner monologue do things. So that just summed up what you and I always said. Yeah, but like seriously, like. If you're one of those people, please tell me. No. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have, and I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know you were going to, but yeah, it was a very interesting read. It was. It wasn't a long read. You know, no. some of those you pull up and you're like, oh my god, why is it still going? Um, you're interested about the topic, but it's like, okay, this could have been like way shorter. Um, but now I'm interested, like overall, and I'm wondering what other articles and information there are out there, because. Yeah, the whole concept in general is just very fascinating. Yeah, I've, I've never literally seen like a study or any other, you know, bullshit article about this. So maybe there is and a whole my, like wealth of knowledge out there that we don't know right? about. And in all my thoughts that won't leave my head, I never thought that's so. <laughs> right? I'm not being like funny, but like at the same time, like I never had that thought. <laughs> all right, so. Let's see what we can get going for external monologues. <laughs> right? On this episode of Geek and Sassy, we're doing reads, streams, and downloads. And yes. um, spoiler alert, I have watched a fuck ton of TV. So it's going to be TV heavy, probably on my side. Uh, probably on both of our sides, really. Um, because amazing, incredible programming has occurred since we last talked so um before we get into the tv are there any books any reads that you want to throw out real quick 
Um, yeah, I can go ahead and go there. It's the beginning of the year, and I found it that first when I started like talking about my Goodreads challenge on the pod, I thought no one will be interested in this. Like, I'm just gonna say it because Jenny finds me interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, well, at least my best friend does. So, <laughs> but people will actually message me and say, how far in are you, or follow it on Goodreads. So, I guess I'll keep up what is now a tradition and this year last year my goal was 75 i told you guys i didn't think i was gonna reach it and then i did and i actually i only surpassed it by like one or two not a crazy surpass this year but i was happy that i met my goal um so with everything that i'm going to have going on in my future i decided to keep it at 75 i didn't want to lower it because i thought You've proven to yourself that you can do 75. This is the highest I've ever taken it. I've proven to myself that I can read 75 books in a year. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I could still pull off 75 books. And so I didn't want to decrease it. But I didn't want to increase because I'm thinking realistically. Like, what can I achieve? That's smart. I also have a habit of doing this thing where, like, I start the year off, like, power start, doing great. I'll have, like, four, five, six books through January. February's doing great. And then it's, like, I drop off after March. And then it's, like, I tick up again, mm-hmm. like, October, November, because I'm, like, oh, God, I'm not going to reach my goal. Um, so I don't, I'm trying to, like, I'd also like to try to steady myself out more. I don't want to do, like, the graph chart where you're, like, whoop, whoop. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to steady it. I have completed, I think, four one physical read, two two physical reads. One was short, but still, like, I, I debated, like, how many pages is too short? Mm-hmm. I'd like opinions on that. Like, how many pages do you feel is too short? Kind of like you asked me, do it, did I, before, I used to not count graphic novels because I wanted to keep my comics separate. And you were like, well, if you're reading a whole trade, though. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. Count. I now I do now count those. Um, I one. So I have finished two physical, as in like either on my Kindle or in in person, like in my hand reads, and I've finished two um, Audible reads, which mm-hmm. Jenny and I I don't know what episode, but we had a whole discussion several years ago about does an audiobook count as a book we even had links to like articles on like how they do count so we count them here at geek and Tessie. yeah we do um, otherwise i would have zero books all the time. right well your brain is still engaged and there actually have been studies that prove some people retain information better when they do it in like audiobook form versus reading it themselves it's to that's the point, not everybody it's to the point where if i read for any like maybe 15 minutes i get drowsy like i get sleepy and i can't function with analog books anymore so like makes sense makes sense i have to go audiobooks i have it's already pretty much just been cozy mystery heavy oh lord i finished three of those <laughs> um another one in the tanya Capis book series which I don't know if we ever said this, but after we recorded that episode and we talked about her book and we Googled about it, um, I tag, I used, I hashtagged her mm-hmm. in our, cause you had, you, 
Hello, uh, puppy. Apparently she has her opinion this evening. I mean, I may have to make her stop, but um, I did, I used like the hashtag Tanya Capus or author Tanya Capus or whatever, and I, I follow her from our Geek and Sassy page, and then I also follow her from my personal page, and she saw it and commented and was like, oh my gosh, I'm flattered, and I was like, oh my god, no, I'm flattered. Like, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and she actually, on her Instagram that she uses like as her author Instagram, like, shouted out Geek and Sassy and was like, hey, they talked about my books. Go listen to them at this, uh, the many minutes in. And then she even said, well, just listen to all of it. Like, at this many minutes in, this is when I start talking about um, my book series. Oh, so. cool. I was trying to mute myself because no, it's apparently okay. she decided that Big Dog is, like, up in her business and he's just trying to go to sleep. Okay, and if it's supposed to be over now. <laughs> Big Dog is like grumpy old man. He's like 14 years old, and he's like, just let me do what I want. I'm going to sleep and fart and eat and, like, go on about your business. And she's like, little mama, i got to tell everybody what to do. Mm-hmm. Jenny can attest to that. Mm-hmm. Wonder where she gets it from. I don't know what you're <laughs> talking about. Don't right. know. Anyway, so, yeah. Um, read the Tanya Capis of, like, continuing her series. Um Still has the little the little funny quips about it, little things like that. And then I picked up a new one that is British based. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about a woman and her cousin who have inherited a hat shop, which in Britain is a big deal. You know, like hats are a big deal. Of course, deal. yes. Um, but they had inherited a hat shop from her grandmother. She's been a business partner, but always lived in America because she is actually. Like, she grew up in America. And after, like, devastating, she becomes an internet famous, but not in a good way. Mm-hmm. And not because she ever wanted to. Um, in the very beginning of the book, she tells you that she's going through a really bad breakup. She talks about, like, shoving moon pies in her face. Uh, <laughs> she was dating a guy that, like, she just always thought he was really busy because he was very, um, he was very career-driven. He was very, like rolling in the money. So she thought, oh, well, he just doesn't have a lot of time for me because of his career. Mm-hmm. And she went to, like, surprise him or something, and she ends up walking in on him and his wife that she had always been told, like, they were not together. Mm-hmm. She walks in on him and his wife's anniversary party. Ah. And she sees the cake and is outraged and realizes, like, He's just been using me as, like, the side piece for all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she just starts chucking this super, super expensive cake at him, mm-hmm. and it gets on the Internet. <laughs> and she gets labeled as party crasher. <laughs> yes. All right. So her, her cousin that they own the store together is like, look, you need to leave America. You need to get out of that, like, Come on over. Just leave um, America. That's right. When when your shit goes viral, just leave America. <laughs> that will solve your problems. Well, she she sees pretty quickly when she gets to England that she's known over there too. Well, yeah, that's how the internet works. It went, right, it went viral. Exactly. Went, right, but she was saying like, leave the area. You're already a part owner here. Like, I'm gonna buy you a ticket. There's nothing keeping you there. You're not married. You don't have kids. Like, you leave your job. You own this with me. Like, let's just do this business. And she goes over there. And, of course, being a cozy mystery, 
obviously there's things that immediately ensue. There's a murder. There's a slight will-they-won't-they romance, which happens a lot in these. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one is free through the Audible Escape program. So for our friends and listeners that do the Audible Escape, which is their, like, romance package, it's $4.95, and you can have 10 out at a time. Very similar to Kindle Unlimited, Mm -hmm. just anything that falls somewhere in the romance, possible romance genre. And I would say to even go look, because some are not romance at all. Like, I don't know why they're in there, but hey, whatever. Um, The first one's free in there. So if you are one of those listeners, like, go check it out. wasn't too bad. What was it called? So that one was called Cloche and Dagger. A cloche is a type of hat. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's called Cloche and Dagger, and it's the Hat Shop Mystery Number One by Jen McKinley. Okay, I enjoyed it. Good. There's one I did not enjoy though. Really? Yeah. Which one was that? I read one that falls again, kind of un- under the um, paranormal mystery mm-hmm. romance. Mm-hmm. It's called Tallulah's Temptation, and. <laughs> No offense to the author, but I was like, ooh, pirates and mermaids? That'll be cheesy. Let's do it. No, I, like, I just didn't even like it. Like, it was okay. Like, I think I rated it three stars on Goodreads. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, Geek and Sassy, when we give thumbs, I give it, like, one thumb, maybe. One thumb. One thumb well, I got two, up. so no, it's half a thumb. Half and a half? Half a, yeah. One up, one down? Side? I got finished it because you know my weird thing about like mm-hmm. not finishing, but like, yeah, I didn't yeah. entirely enjoy it. Um, I I have no books, so none at all. No, none. Like I finished the institute and haven't started anything else since then. So. Well, you know what? How did you end up enjoying the end of it? Because I know when you mentioned it, you were only halfway through, and mm-hmm. you were like, "This is great." so far I'm a little and you had some things you were like not sure about this so overall would you say people definitely do still need to try it that you've completely finished it I really think that if you like things like stranger things that you will like this book I I really can't be trusted in my Stephen King reviews because I'm just gonna mark out for him every time and I'm gonna pretty much love whatever he writes so but that being said, it was a very layered story, um, and I really, really love when you get invested in two different characters, and then the characters eventually meet, and then they figure out the problem, you know? So they had one of those big moments in this book, and I loved it a lot, And because you, you just keep waiting for your characters to meet. Like, you're just, like... Well, that's cool. You know, it's... it's <laughs> For me, it's the best part. So, um, I, I I really loved it. Um, I think a few people had some issues with the with it being a little bit slow in parts and maybe needing a little bit of editing. But I, I kind of loved it the way it was. Uh, the narration was really good on Audible, and uh, it's not it's not like a like a horror kind of Stephen King. It's more um, kind of paranormal, kind of sci-fi not really kind of but anyway it's um it's not gory or scary or any of that thing any of those things so okay i liked it so you kind of do have a book kind of do half a book 
Like half a thumb. Like half a thumb. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that one actually would get, like, way more than half. Yeah, it's got two thumbs for sure. So, streams now. Lots of them. I've apparently been the biggest lazy motherfucker ever because I have, like, eight shows. But we don't even have to talk about all these. Um, I can just mention them, but the the few that I know that you've seen, um, I do want to talk about one of them being The Witcher on Netflix. Did you get to finish it? I, I only saw part of episode one because here's oh, what happened. Crap. I thought you no, were it's fine. It. No, you can totally talk about it. It's totally okay. Um, so I was going to watch this show, and then I kept having things that I needed. To, like I wasn't getting distracted, as in it was a bad show. So. Please don't anybody think that. Mm-hmm. I started it, though, and it is definitely a show. It's not a show that if you are distracted, you no, can watch. No, you it's cannot. It's not a distraction show. Mm-hmm. It's not a play-on-your-phone show. No. It's not a work-while-you-watch show because no. I, I get through a lot of shows by doing that. I work while I do uh, while I watch a show. Um, and when I quickly realized that that's where it was going, and I was like, I don't have the mental capacity or the physical ability to like sit still because I was the TV I have in the other room I was doing I was like washing dishes and cleaning and cleaning out cabinets and I was like I'm gonna start this and I quickly realized I was like oh man this is good and then like I caught myself like stopping like and just standing to watch parts and I was like I can't do this right now so it, it quickly showed me that that show is not for that type of viewing. And there's nothing against that because sometimes you need that. You need to stop. And my husband even said he's watched several episodes in and he's even said like, it is not, uh, if you, if you don't have the, the mental capacity to focus at that moment, it's not that type of show. Yeah. I'm going to back you up on that because there are like at least three timelines uh, mm-hmm. and they do not make it very clear which timeline you're in. So you have to kind of figure it out as you go. Right. Um, and like you said, it's easy to see, uh, from the beginning, but if you stay with it and pay attention, it is fucking worth it because this show is unlike anything I've ever seen. It, it's like completely genre mixing. Um, it feels sort of Game of Throny, but then it gets like <laughs> really like campy at times, funny, um, sexy, uh, witchy and action and murder and death i mean and and like um kingdoms and um royalty and it just on and on and on like every sci-fi fantasy like action adventure everything it's like all of them it's all of them and And i think if you'd read the books or played the games and you were familiar with the entire lore, um, I'm familiar with Witcher, but I never played the games and I have not read the books. It, it, it might be a show where you could give it a little less of your demanding attention and just your attention. Well, I'm I, not sure. Like you, I'd never read them or played any of the games, so I, I had zero knowledge going in. But from what I understand, it's like a, a different adaptation, though, of like maybe that first book. And okay. so there's lots of different ways. To, um, even even then, from what I understand, there um, some things were changed for the show versus of course. The and whatever, whatever. So Henry Cavill is, plays uh, the Witcher, uh, Geralt of Rivia. Um, there's a sorceress named Yennefer of Vander, 
Vangerberg, and there is a bard that sings the most catchy song that has ever been sung. It is called Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, and Mm -hmm. you need to put that in your Google machine and pull that song up, and it will be in your brain for the next eight days, at least. I said it to my ringtone like a fucking dumbass, because it's, it's a very good song. But And then it immediately had all these different like versions, like covers. Oh, yes. So I got like the rock uh, version, the cover of it. So anyway, I love, 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 love this show. I'm, I need to rewatch it, because... You have to figure out your timelines and like interweave them and like talk it out with somebody so you both understand what's right? going on. Because it's just it's it's insane. But I hope you I hope you can watch it. Yeah. No, I have every intention of it. Like I just haven't had a moment where I could like give something that like I've had to like give my attention to like three or four things at one time. Mm-hmm. Um. So I feel like until I can give it my attention. It doesn't, like, not going there yet. All right. This is something that I don't think that you have seen, but I'm not for sure because I didn't ask you. It is okay. a Netflix, uh, like, kind of mini series. I think it's like six or eight episodes called Cheer. Have you seen this? Um, I have seen clips. Because at first, so it came out, and I was like, oh, that seems kind of cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I had, like didn't really think I had any interest in watching it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll see like little clips and little things and I'm like, okay, I am here for this. So it's oddly addictive and I stayed up, like I couldn't sleep one night and I'd, I'd watched like two episodes previously and and then I couldn't sleep this one night. I was like, let me... Did you have a fire festival night? <laughs> <laughs> I did, actually. I was up to like five. But, um, and part of it was because of the show because I got hooked on it. And it's a show about a junior college cheerleading team in Texas. And uh, they're called Navarro. There's their college name. And they have this, I'm trying to think of how to describe her. The coach of the team is just like this, just steely veined woman. Um, Skinny is all fuck, like just a tiny little person. But she has apparently this amazing, like, personality, this huge, bigger than life, um, demanding and sort of controlling personality. But all these cheerleaders respond to her in such a way that they would do anything for her. Like, they would take a bullet for her, they would die for her. Like, they. And, and it's because she invests in them, like, she. Gives them chances where other people will not. Mm-hmm. Um, she tries to help them better themselves and their lives. She's she's a mess. I mean, not a mess. She's a piece of work. That's what I mean. Like, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, I I would I could never be this person. Like, she is so self confident and like so just so aware and so demanding that. I just, it doesn't compute to my brain. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. not any of those things. So, I find her fascinating for that reason. And these cheerleaders are just so fucking talented. They are, like, the champions or whatever. There's a there's a yearly um, competition in Daytona Beach. And they yes, will crown a, crown a champion. And they this is, they have a bunch of champion, championships 
um, to their name. So they're a legacy or whatever. So like a huge fucking deal. People go to this nowhere piece of shit town in Texas just to go to this school. So it attracts all these really talented people. Um, there was the backgrounds stories. They kind of dull out over the episodes. Um, so you'll like get, you know, this person's story in this episode, this person's story, and they'll kind of break it up a little bit as you go. And they'll highlight certain people, not all the cheerleaders, but the certain cheerleaders. But I just thought it was amazing. Partly because I always enjoyed watching the cheerleading competitions when they would show them, like, on ESPN. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a cheerleader when I was little, like, fourth to sixth grade. So, um, I-, I think it's amazing what they do. Um, and they're so dedicated to it. And there's a lot of them are just, like, amazing athletes. So They really are. And one of these characters in particular named Jerry really stood out to me because he is – he had a – I won't spoil it, but he had a heartbreaking backstory. And you don't learn it till probably halfway through the series. And you would never know it. Because he is constantly encouraging everybody. And just extremely appealing personality. And laughing all the time. And just telling everyone how great they are. And you would never know um, his tragic story. So... It just sucked me in, you know. He's, like, super, super supportive. Like, all the um, the clips I've seen, because, like, you posted one, and you were like, can I just have him follow me around and, like... Yes. Because... Yeah. And, and he's trying so hard to get on Matt, because that's one of the... That's basically the, the point of the show, is figuring out who... Because they, they have way more cheerleaders than they need for right. a Wonder Teen. So, if you make Matt... That means you get to perform at Daytona, and that's, like, right. the biggest deal ever. So they do what they call Matt Talk, which is just somebody just saying, like, you know, just encouraging the routine, keeping the keeping the right. energy up, and keeping everybody, you know, being a cheerleader, basically, for real. A cheerleader for the cheerleaders. A cheerleader for the cheerleaders. So, but he's great, and, um, you know, it won't be for everybody, obviously, but... I really I've heard that. a lot of people are really, really enjoying it, and I think if you were ever a cheerleader or you enjoyed any of the cheerleading movies, mm-hmm. which if you enjoyed those, you enjoyed those for a different reason, and I think that's what's important about this is it shows a different side to cheerleading from everything I've seen so far, and that's what I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be interested in that, and then I saw all of the, the clips and stuff, and I'm like, oh, wait, I think I am here for this because... <laughs> It really seems to bring a different side to it that is not the stereotypical what people think. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of gets people thinking about it in a different manner. So, yeah, I'm going to be watching it. I encourage people to watch it, too. There's this one cheerleader who is, like, a, actually a really famous one. I, I'd never heard of her, but that's not usually my deal. But her name is Gabby. And she is, like, in all of the cheerleading magazines. And she, like, reps one of the clothing lines. Um, So she's, like, sort of a big deal in cheerleading. Um, And her parents, (laughs) they went to film her at her house. And they were just, like, holy fucking shit. Her mom is, like, like, um, what was um, old Boo Boo's mama's name? Um, Oh, my goodness. She reminded me of one of the pageant moms. Oh, Lord. I came across a lot of those in my day. Yeah, so, oh, God. she It, it was horrific. Like, uh, I'm like, Gabby, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> now I'm, Yeah, now I'm like, crap, what was her name? 
Honey Boo Boo's Mama. Honey Boo Boo's Mama. Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, yeah, and I, yeah it was yeah, funny. I came across a lot of moms like that, and I was always like, what the heck? Um, like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep going. Do you have any TV shows that you want to go? You, you go on. Let's see okay. what else you got. All Maybe right. I'll have one that's the same as yours. All right. I'm trying not to go through all these, but I kind of had things to say about all of them. So. Uh, just go through them. It's right. fine. I talked about books for a really long time. We're good. All right. Quick hit on uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel Season 3. So that came out in December. I love Mrs. Maisel. It was a it was a really good uh, season. Continued her storyline. Um, added a lot of new elements. I feel like her comedy parts were down a little bit like when they show her on stage like doing stand-up um but they made like her, her comedy it wasn't as good or there was less of it both both of okay things. like it seemed to shift a lot more towards um showing her off stage than on stage and what which is fine i mean i love off stage stuff too but um i really love to see her doing what she is wanting to do which is be a stand-up comedian so um i really wish there was more of that but it was it was a really good season um okay we talked about uh this netflix show called you on a previous episode we did, i think we did a whole episode about it i feel like we did um we did we did a whole episode on season one so the season two dropped and holy fucking shit did you watch this I watched part of it. The problem with you is that you can get sucked in. Yes. Super, like, yeah, you can just get, like, sucked in, and then, like, before you know it, you're, like, plotting out murder boards and shit, because yeah. you're like, yeah. wait, how did he, when he, yeah. what did, ah! yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. don't want to spoil it for you, but holy fucking shit. Like, the way they structure that show is brilliant, because every single episode is a cliffhanger, and... There's no way you're turning that shit off. The way they suck you into that story. And the stakes get higher and higher every single episode. Just like season one. One of the things I loved most about season season one was the structure of it and how things just got more and more intense. But towards just like season one, towards the end of season two, this one twist happens and it wrecks your brain. And... It, it just turns everything upside down. I, I heard a lot of criticism about it. Like, season one was better. I feel like season two was better. I liked the the his um, person in this season more. Uh, See, Beck, I've heard a lot of people say they did not. That while Beck was, like, did some uh, stuff that's, like, really Beck, really? They wanted her back. No, Beck was the worst. I really love... The girl's name is Love. So... She really was, love love. I really love love. She was my jam in this. So, and, and Joe is just oh god, oh my god. I did think it was funny though. I keep seeing all these memes, and I totally cracked up. So everybody was like, "All of you people freaking out about Joe. Can we talk a second about David?" Right? <laughs> Fear from the nineties. Yeah. You don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. David that was played by Wahlberg. Right. I mean, and that, to that movie to this day, like, there are specific scenes that, like, I will, like, again, back to the beginning of our show, like, will pop into my head, and they're just there again, and I'm like, that was horrible! Like, horrible! I, I mean, to me, 
I don't see the comparison so much. I mean, a little bit with the stalkerness of it, so but the serial killer, right? But, like, there's a whole different element. There is, but David was pretty twisted. Like, he just hadn't killed anybody yet that right. we know of. Right. He murdered the dog. But his was. See, this is me. This is what the show makes you do. It makes you justify Joe's actions when they're actually very horrible. But yet, he is so fucking likable that you cannot fucking help but to make excuses. Right? I've seen people saying, like, hey, if my man did that for me, or if, like, my friend did that for me. And I'm like, no. It's disturbing. (laughs) It is disturbing. It is personally so awful to be like, why am I feeling this way about this horrible person? But it's... right. To like, me, why am I rooting for this person? I, I am rooting for him. Why? Oh, he's so a bad person. Why? He's so bad. Because in the same sense, he's a good person. But he's a bad he's person. He's so fucking sincere. And it, for him, it all comes from this weird place of, like, love and possession. And that's relatable. And Yeah. yeah. Even if you're... Yeah. It is. There's a lot of this in in there that if you go, if you're not thinking about, like, the mutilation and the stalking, there's a lot in this that is very relatable and very, um... Heartfelt. Yeah. 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 Because I feel like in this season, he does a lot more uh, actions that are more protective than they are aggressive. Because in that first season, he is just kind of a dick to all these people but this season it feels he it feels like, like he's he changed grew, yeah right it like it, he's evolved so right. he's still he's still bad mm-hmm. he's still a killer still bad. he's real real he's bad still, he's still a killer sucker but totally. like he's evolved from those things and been like oh wait um that was wrong and yeah. that's not how to be he hasn't completely gone to the whole like killing is wrong um but he's, it's like he's growing and he's evolving, which, not saying he's a serial killer, but you see that if you look at real-life serial killer stories, a lot of them did grow and evolve. And some points along the way, they grew conscious and stopped doing some of the things that they were doing, and they were, like, more humane about their stalking and killing. Right, right. I, I hate that I'm putting those words together. Somebody's going to be like, really, Miranda? No, like, seriously. Like, so you're it's kind of interesting to watch him uh, evolve and also become more humane in what he does because he essentially is a killer and a stalker well he really does try to not be those things but then he truly thinks he's doing it for the betterment of that person he does he He does he does like to him he is doing this because this is what that person needs they need him to do this even though that's incredibly controlling and demeaning a very narcissistic, yeah. yes, yes, totally, so totally. It's, just, it's fascinating. Like, that's why I love the show is because all of the conflicting emotions that it turns up. And, and for God, sure. I, it's, it's beautiful to watch anyway. But anyway. It, it is. It's, it's excellent. It's an excellent show. I'm not even finished season two, and I can still tell you, you need to watch season two. If you never watched season one, do it. But, like, maybe pace yourself. Maybe pace yourself. No, there's no pacing. Set aside a day and finish the whole thing. <laughs> That's how you got to do it. Or stay up all night. You know. 
Stay up all night watching Cheer and then continue the day watching you. Have you a fire festival? Don't 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 sleep twenty four hours. Um. Okay. This next show, I don't know if you've heard anything about it. I haven't seen hardly anybody talking about it, so I'm kind of like seeing where we're at. But it just randomly put it on. I had no idea. I was like doing some random crap, and I was like, let me just put this on. It's called October Faction. I got an email from Netflix. I believe it's on Netflix. Yes, it is on Netflix. I got an email that was like, we have a show you might be interested in. You might be interested in it because it is fucking batshit crazy. And I like that you're like, Miranda would like this because it's batshit crazy. Yeah, you would. And (laughs) it has, it's sort of like The Witcher in that it has a lot of different genre elements. Um, Okay. One of them is that it has extremely adult language. I was not expecting it, and I'm fine with it. Like, I don't care. But it's just so right. funny to... And the, some of the characters are, like, older. It's not a young people... Show. I mean, there's young people in it, but right. there's, like, adult people in there, and they're just saying, like, all this bougie stuff and, like, saying fuck all the time. And I'm like, it just oh, very weird. People. I mean, it's awesome. Like, it was great. I'm I'm glad to see it, but it was very weird. So, loosely, there's this interracial couple, and they have a set of twins, a boy and a girl. And unbeknownst to the twins, the parents are, um, like, assassins, spies, whatever you want to call them. They work for an organization. They kill people for a living. Sort of Mr. and Mrs. Smith type of thing. Um, there's also like a little bit of a bond element in there with the whole organization because they have like a tech division and like intelligence and they're sent on missions and whatever. So it's a little bit Mission Impossible, a little bit, I don't want to say get smart, but a little bit of get smart. So there's all of those elements. Then there's a supernatural element because the thing that they kill is monsters. Is supernatural beings so there's a little bit of a supernatural vibe in there too so it's just a interesting mix and the the teenage there i think they're 17 the teenage twins are they're mixed race so they're like they have their own social issues or whatever and their parents move around a lot they don't know that their parents do this job to begin with and um and then in the midst of all of this they do flashbacks to when the parents the interracial couple were teenagers and they fell in love and the parents didn't approve and blah 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 so there's like a whole nother flashback story going on too and it has its own dimension to it it's layered it's kind of addicting they do do this one thing that kind of put me off and I haven't finished it yet because I just got kind of put off by this one thing, this one choice they make late in the series because I was like binging it and they did something that took me out of it. I'm like, I don't know how I felt about that. So I would be interested to see what you think about this one and what our listeners think about this one because okay. I don't know if I'm the only one who had to, like, jump the shark moment or if people will be really into this. I, I don't know if this is, like, a trend. 
among TV shows uh, with all the genre mixing because it kind of feels like it. I really like genre mixing a lot, hence the books I read where it's mm-hmm. like, it's a cozy mystery, but it's a romance, but it's a this. Like, as you can tell, I like my, I like my genre mixing. Yeah, it's fun. Um, I just like to know that it's going to be a genre mixer, though. I really yeah. don't like, I really don't like, especially if you, if you watch like a whole season of something or you read a whole book and at the very end they're like, oh, by the way, there's a supernatural element and you're like, What? Like, that hasn't taken place since, like, I like when it mixes it, if it does it correctly and well. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I, I feel like I've been talking a lot, but anyway, I'm going to mention quickly this show called Crazy Head, which was another, it's on Netflix. Yes! It's, have you seen this one? I've watched it! Yes! Can they have more come out? No, I just started it from the beginning, so I don't. Oh, I thought maybe, I thought you had watched it before. No. It was the first time. I'd seen it a bunch on there, but I'd never watched yes. it. But that shit is crazy, too, because it has a supernatural element. And then... It, it is bad shit crazy. It is so-, so crazy. But it's really funny. Um, it's like... It feels a little... Mm, feels like there's another show element to it that I'm not picking up on, but... Um, it's campy. It's a little bit campy, yeah. It's British, so... It is. It's got that British humor. It does. It's basically demon hunters. Yes. So, it's got, it's got like anything. sexual elements. Yeah, to it. it is. And it's it got is that like sexual. traditional British mm-hmm. um, humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty good. Um, I finished that first season. And they kind of left you with a cliffhanger there, so... They did, and I don't know if there's ever going to be any more. That is the danger with the British series. They will just do one season of something and then never touch it again, so... And then they're also notorious for, like, they do one season of something, and then everybody in America is like, what, what, wait, yeah. what? And then they're like, oh, okay, just kidding. And then four years later, they come back because they're like, right. well, all the Americans, this was great. Yeah. The Americans are so behind now. Yeah, they may be making fun of us, but, I mean, come on. You think they're not going to cash in on, like, us crazy Americans loving what they're putting out? Hell yeah. So, watch Crazy Head. um, Yes, watch Crazy Head. If you're interested in demon hunting British girls. Dracula. Ugh, Dracula. Have you watched Dracula? Okay. So, I've watched all of season one, or all of episode one. Okay. And here's what I have to say about this. So, uh, we got specific parts in that episode we, we, we can talk mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. If you are not paying attention. Yeah, you will get lost. You will get lost, You could, but you can easily, like, do it, but you're going to miss stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, so when you say, say you watch episode one and you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking what, what? Mm-hmm. So then you tell your friend about it and you're like, actually, I told her babysitter about it. And I'm like. Hey, because she loves horror. She loves anything like that. So I was like, hey, how about you watch this with me? Because she mm-hmm. was hanging. She was staying at our house because she um, family's going out of town. So she was staying right here. And I was like, how about you watch this? Let's watch this. And so re-watching it with her, there were little tiny little nuances that because, like, I looked away or was doing something else I missed. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. It is intense. It's very um, Sherlock, which makes sense because it's uh, developed by Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat. And 
so there's only three episodes on Netflix, and which is very also common. Yes, in, it was, it's British, right? Apparently, it aired there before we got it on Netflix here. So it's that's very typical to get three hour and a half long episodes. It's very Sherlockian in that way as well. But that's very typical again of British TV. Mm-hmm. I think that the first episode, pretty much, pretty much, kind of until the end goes yeah. fairly along what you know of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. And it looks really pretty. Like, it's, you know, it's it's very vampire-y. And yes. then it goes back, literally. <laughs> it kind of goes batshit from the beginning, even if you've read Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I read it really young. I read it again, like, teenage years and then I read it again in like college and now I'm like I need to fucking read that again as an adult I think I read it about maybe like 8-10 years ago and it holds up like it's really good and I recognize a lot from that first episode from the book and then it goes fucking crazy like it just um, there's some time travel involved yeah. um, there's a ship like a, a transatlantic ship yeah um, in one of the episodes so I thought it was pretty great. And no, it was. It was. Different. Um, their take on Dracula. Fun to watch. Like, I'm good with it. It was gory. It was really gory, but... You, I, I just want to know. Like, I I don't really want to spoil anything because it's so new. Yeah. But the fly eyeball thing. Oh, my God. Uh, did you not, like... Yeah. I seriously was like, huh. Yeah. Huh. You know, I don't, I've said it here before, I don't do with eyeball stuff real mm-hmm. well. Like, only when they pull teeth or, like, mess with people's eyeballs, I am, uh, I'm out, I'm <laughs> out. Like, oh, cut their head off, cut their fingers off, I don't care. Just Kill don't do the syndrome. eyeball thing. Don't mess with their eyeballs <laughs> or their teeth. Like, I can't handle that. In that moment, I was like, oh, <laughs> And your TV's like mine. You got a good quality TV. You're like, oh god. Yeah. You know, I was I was gonna mention that as much TV as I've been watching, and then I'm on the, you know, the new one, and it's like, the frame rate makes it hits you different, and it yes. it has made a lot of shows look so different for me, and I've got, I've had to get used to it, and I mean I like it, I really like it, but it's it's different. Also. This show, Dracula, does a cool thing where they have this amazing nun named Sister Agatha. Yes. And she's, like, the star of the show. Like, fuck a Dracula. uh, Right. Because she's badass. And I loved, loved, loved her in this. I hope they make a season two. Apparently they're supposed to be. Okay. My husband watched has watched all three episodes, and he was like, I definitely could see where, like, if it didn't, like, no big deal. You know, like. Yeah, but. But, but, he's like, it's also to where, like, this isn't spoiling it. If you watch it, you'll, you'll see. But, like, if you get to the end and they don't make any more, like, it'll be okay. But if they do, it would also be really okay. Yeah. Like. They yeah. ended at a good spot. I yeah. Guess. <clears throat> so, all right. The only other thing I will talk about real quick is on the, uh, it's not on Netflix, surprisingly enough, but it is the new show on CBS Access, 
and it is called Picard. It is. And it is in the Star Trek universe, mm-hmm. um, following Captain Jean-Luc Picard from The Next Generation, my favorite show. And it's so good. Like, just that first episode was so good. Patrick Stewart is life and is everything. He is everything. Everything. Did you watch that first episode? I did. Did you not love it? I did. And he is still amazing. He's finally, like, I always, I crack jokes for years where I'm like, whatever water he drinks or whatever he's bathing in, like, I need him to call me, please. And after I faint, because he called me, I would then be like, so, what is this, uh, what is this you're bathing in? Calves blood? Okay. Uh, Mm. You know, like. I feel he's, like he's, he's not like really good aging, but he's fine. It's finally starting to. You're fine. Uh, I'm seeing it. Like yeah, I'm I see it. it a little bit, but even even so, it's just. Uh, I I just I'm so impressed because I haven't watched Discovery. Um, I've heard good things about Discovery, but <laughs> um, I just. I don't I, have super good things. I love I love Jean Luc Picard so much yes. that. I did. I, I tried not to have any expectations because I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. But they they were so rooted in the series, like so many callbacks in that first episode. It just oh, uh, it just grabbed my heart. And they confirmed season two, by the way, before see episode one ever even came out. I think that is amazing, and that makes me so happy. And I cannot wait to watch the season. I think that I think the next episode is out tonight, so hopefully I can do that so. this weekend. So, um, and I actually read an article today because this is via CBS All Access, and I read an article today that um, episode one, the full episode, is actually available to people on YouTube. Ooh, so really? maybe if you don't have CBS All Access and you're like not sure you wanted to get it or not, um, go find it on YouTube. I um and see if. I don't, I think if you're a fan of Star Trek or you just love him in general, you would like the show, so it's definitely, like, worth your hour of your time, mm-hmm. but if you don't have CBSL access or access to it in a, in another form, then, um, yeah, apparently it's supposed to be, I'm now scrolling to see if I can find it again, but apparently, yeah, it says right here, um, it is supposed to be available via YouTube. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I would recommend that if you're a Star Trek fan. I can't say if you haven't watched, like, at least Next Gen that you can pick it up. I, You might could. And I think you probably could. still could get into it because they do a good job of catching mm-hmm. you up. But there'll just be so much that you won't understand, um, especially with the data um, storyline, which looks to be pretty yeah, that, uh, yeah, that could be confusing. Yeah, so I, I really feel like this is like for the fans, which I'm good with, really. Because I, I yeah, I am too. There's nothing wrong with that. I think you have enough fans that are like, because I know we've talked about like you sat around and watched stuff like this with your mom, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how you became a fan. So like our parents are still here because mm-hmm. like, they're not that old. Um, so like. I think it's made for the fans, and you've got a lot of fans spread across a lot of gener- different generations, so yeah. now is the time for something like this to come out. I just don't want anything to happen to Patrick Stewart, you know? 
I get God, it's like I don't want to jinx it by him doing this, right? Uh, like, let's say if you say prayers or you're or you do witchy woo woo or voodoo or whatever you do, I love and support you. Can you like put some goodness out into the world for him to like stay with us? Yeah, please, because while. I feel like he's on that borderline, you know? Oh, like. Oh. Where you like, you see his name and you're like, oh, don't want to look, yeah. don't want to look, don't look. And I hate that because he's still so good, but like, you don't know, yes. you know. But, but you know what? Not to like get, get all like, who, but he honestly also never know. Yeah, you like, never know. The age has nothing to do with it. You're like, right. You yeah. never know. I just need him to be protected for a while. Yeah. I can't believe I went through my whole list. And honestly, I was it's sitting okay. here and that was just at the top of my brain. I feel like there's probably more. Um, it's okay. Post Dracula, I've started a Sherlock rewatch, which is on right now. You know, I've been wanting to do that. I think that might be a good thing for us to maybe like rewatch and discuss. I would love that. I, I want this show to come back. I, I kind of feel like they're not ever going to do anymore, but I just don't think it would work. I don't, there was some. I don't know. I don't know. Both of them have so much going for them now, and there was not a falling out. Apparently, they're still friends, but there were some disagreements on who wanted to continue and who didn't, and if you have that kind of rift, whether you're still friends or not, like, the project that you worked on together will never be the same. So, I would hate to force the two of them back together to work on a project that they... And it's so funny watching these um, older ones, like, even from, like, season two, because... They look so different. <laughs> oh, they do. They so do. I mean, Benedict is just like, barely even looks like this person anymore. And Martin Freeman, too. Like, it's crazy. Martin like, Freeman's aging in, like, a good way. But, like, yeah. It's like they both as age, so getting, like, they're getting better. If right. that makes sense. Better it's just being... different. Uh, I don't know. It's yeah. Weird. Did you have any TV shows you want to talk about? I am just catching up on, like, a lot of the NCIS, FBI. Um, FBI was one that, this is season two, and one of their main actors was um, Nerd Eye Candy one month. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that. They came back for season two, and then they also have a spinoff show that um, started this year, or this, yeah, this year, actually, Um so it's like not only because it's a mid season. So not only is it like a new season, but it like just started new in twenty twenty. It's FBI Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because this is Criminal Minds last season, which they're not even giving us a full season. They're only doing like a ten episode season for us hmm. to close out everyone's story at, at Criminal Minds. Right. I'm a little sad about, but with all the ups and downs and changes that they've gone through behind the scenes in the last few years. I could tell it was going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. I could tell it's time. Right. Um, so, I think they're trying to find something that fills that void of what of Criminal Minds, which is going to be hard because, yes, they're all cop shows, but they all individually bring something different that the other one was does not. Mm-hmm. Um, but FBI Most Wanted is pretty awesome. It's um, It's a team, which you always tend to have a whole team on these things. It's a team, and they basically do what you say. They go around and take care of, like, instead of the FBI one where they're just taking care of things there directly in New York, this group travels out and takes care of stuff, like, all over the U.S., and I'm hoping that unlike a few years ago when CSI tried to do the spinoff of the CSI, um, something 
behave. I don't know, because, you know, CSI, it's like behavioral unit. Mm-hmm. So it was like CSI, suspect behavior. I don't know. That's probably, I'm probably butchering. I don't even remember what it CSI was CSI, yeast infection unit. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> or no, it was Colonel Lines that did the spinoff. Anyway, sorry. CSI <laughs> did have a bunch of spinoffs. See, I get them confused, too, sometimes. It's okay. I love them all, though. Um... <laughs> I'm just hoping that what happens to the Criminal Minds spinoff, the Suspect Behavior show, doesn't happen where, like, they gave a really strong season one, and they were like, this is great, and then, like, nothing else. Right. Which, right. a lot of time, these these uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox are notorious for giving you one season, or part of a season, and then being like, uh... My bad. We didn't think enough of you were watching it. You cost too much money. Right? Yep. So, I'm hoping that this FBI uh, Most Wanted will kind of fill that void because CSI is going or Dare I go again? Because CSI is gone. Because Criminal Minds is going away in like two episodes. It'll be gone. I don't know how I feel about that. I really don't. You gonna make it? It's not NCIS and Jethro Gibbs leaving me, so I think I can make it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're talking about Penelope and Dr. Spencer, Reed, and I don't know. You develop. Uh, I mean, we're talking about a show that's been on since, like, 05 or 06. Oof. Like, you develop a connection to these characters. Just like reading a book. You develop mm-hmm. a connection to a long-term series. And I might have a, a, a Criminal Minds hangover in a moment where, Aww. like, I might. I might. It's, it's odd to, like, know that it's going. And then, like, this Supernatural's ending this year, too. Yeah, that's a lot, right? So I'm like, what are you guys, like, I'm turning 35 and you guys just taking all this shit away from me? You need a support group. That's what you need. I, I do need a support group if I had time for a support group. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even have time for a support group. So there's that. Um, Supernatural is going pretty, pretty good, pretty okay. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem is that I know it's ending. Right. And I know that. And so. They just got to like, get all their shit in, you know? Right. And so it it's sometimes, sometimes it's taking me, and it's done the same thing with Criminal Minds. Like, it's taking me a bit out of it because I know it's ending. Mm-hmm. But I do like, um, with Supernatural, they have brought several people back. Not of like, course they have. Not, and not like, I don't even mean like alive. Back, back. <laughs> like, it could be like flashback back right. or um, like ghost form back. Like, I won't give it all away. But like, they, they're doing, so far in the episodes that have come out, they're doing a pretty good job of making sure that those people, especially the ones that are no longer on the show or they are in the show, especially one characters that were really beloved, mm-hmm. are having a one last moment. Right. So, that's pretty awesome. I guess you have to do that, though. Because, especially with a show that's gone this long. You have to give the fans what they want. Right. You need to you need to find a way to, like, satisfy everyone. As best yeah. as you can. Close yeah. out a story. Because right. that's a hard story to close out. It's been technically going on since before their birth and the inception of the show. In the storyline of the show, at least. Um, so, yeah. It's kind of a hard one to close out. I can see that. Let me just ask you um, yeah. to make maybe make me feel better or worse. I'm not sure. I never got caught up on the CW shows in time to watch Crisis on Infinite Earths. 
Me neither. So, okay, good. Because um, I felt horrible about that. I still feel horrible about that. Um, apparently, I was busy watching all these 800 shows. So I Well, and here's the thing. I also have had a really hard time with starting this season of Arrow because I know it's... It's ending. It's, it's ending. over. Like, at this point, it's over. It's like these two. Like, I know they're... I know they're, they're, it's like you infinitely, you wanted them to go on forever right. in your brain. It's like, uh, I think that's, keep on going. I think that's another reason why I, I keep putting it off. Like, cause as of now it's wrapped, like it's done. So it's there. Yeah, it's done, done. And, like, and, uh, and it can just wait on me. And like all of that, I can just ball up and just wait on. Right. You know and I, mean? I can be like, cause I know I'm going to cry I know a lot. It's going to be horrible. I, uh, but I heard so many good things about Crisis. Oh, and, I have too. I've heard amazing things. And so I'm like dying to watch it. So I, I'm I'm at this weird spot. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I don't either. Maybe I need we'll a support for... group. Right? Do we have time for a support group? I don't think we do. We need to make a support group. We should make a support group for all those that feel upset by the canceling of their show to or the, the point where you can't show. even fucking finish the show then you yeah, yeah you can't even finish it because you're can't like it. well if i save it then it's technically that is still not there <gasps> it is still yes. that's it i think that's what it is it's like but if i do that when it's done it's done i'm gone yeah like that's what it is and, and I, i've been like you know trying to like what is up with me you know why am i putting this off so much and that's exactly and I what it is. I put the other ones, too, because they all kind of correlate together. Right, yeah. It's and what happens in Arrow, which everyone knows, I won't spoil it for those that are like, I have stayed away from it. Everyone knows because they told you. They told you before the season started what was going to happen, mm-hmm. so the final right. final outcome, basically, right. right? Yeah. And so we all know what's going to happen, and I think because we, it's going to affect all the other shows, and they're going to... It's going to play into their timeline and their story. Like, I just haven't watched anybody's because I'm like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I emotionally am in a place where that's what I can handle right now. Yeah, I can't. I can't. So, I'm just going to do what I always do, which is fucking ignore it. Eventually, I will watch it. Everybody knows me. If you know me, you know I am emotionally a fucking hot mess mm-hmm. already. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't lie. I don't hide from it. I'm a Pisces <laughs> with some mental health issues. Therefore, it's already like, okay, say no more. <laughs> so, like, yeah, look, look for a Geek and Sassy review of Crisis a year after it airs. A year when Jenny and I are like, we can talk when about can this now. This. We are in a safe space. Right. So, in a year... Um, perhaps you will, you will find out our thoughts and you will give a fuck because it'll be like that happened last year and I don't give a fuck. I feel like people that love us will be like, now we want to hear because. Because <laughs> we have to talk about it. I mean, we have to. So. Yeah. It was like one of the bases for starting the show. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It actually kind of, and, yeah. Oh, God. I know. Oh, my chest hurts. I can't. Jeez, I can't even right now. No. Uh, we worked ourselves into a shoot. That does not mean that because they're leaving, we are leaving. <laughs> Definitely not. Nope. Never. I, am gonna, I, 
could move to the other side of the earth and this show would not end. Oh, wait, well, I am wait, what? <laughs> we might have to test that. <laughs> no, nope, I got this. I've already figured it out. All right. I, we got this. We'll save that for a formal announcement, I suppose. Yeah. So, one more thing to mention. Yes. Uh, downloads. This is sort of a, like a kind of off thing. Because God knows I listen to enough podcasts, but my first love, my first podcast love was No Sleep Podcast. And they are in, because they do seasons like two seasons a year. Um, so they're on a break right now. Uh, they're actually doing a live tour. They're in the UK. Yes. They're in the UK doing um, touring. So what they've done for the past three weeks has been like a little mini episode. Um, mini episodes, not lengthwise, but just like content wise. It doesn't have the main cast. It doesn't have the main um, David Cummings, who is the um, creator and um, host of it. But they're doing these offshoots, like different genres that they've never done before. Um, I want to point out one episode in particular because this little series is called The New Decade, which I thought okay. was kind of clever. And. Um, it is run by Jessica McAvoy, who is famous in the No Sleep world. She's one of the voice actors, yeah. and she's like, everybody loves her. She does great. They, her and this other chick are doing these weird little offshoot episodes. And one of them is the New Decade, um, episode two. It was posted on January 11th, and it has... It has a pair of very unusual stories. One of them has like, oh God, I'm trying not trying to think of a word, but like body dysmorphia type element to it. And, and then it turns weird. And then the other one, um, is the most explicit no sleep by far they have ever done. It's called, the casting couch and it is more horror erotica which is very different from anything um, they they usually okay. do I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm here. so it literally it feels like a lot of the um fan fiction erotica that i used to read back in the day um but not fan fiction about anything in particular but it just it has that real fanfic style to it um right interesting listen for sure. Um, so I just wanted to call out that episode because I feel like they're doing something really brave by trying to branch out a little bit in their stories, which I love No Sleep and I, I listen every week and I, I want what they give me. But this was like really a cool way for these chicks to curate their own stories that are right. a little bit off of the norm. And they do a really good job at doing trigger warnings about things that people will find disturbing on every episode. But in these in particular, she does a whole spiel about like, if you don't want to dive into this, don't do it. You know, so because there's a lot of triggering elements uh, in these stories. So it's weird and different and I like it a lot. I really want somebody to listen to that casting couch episode and uh, so I can talk I'll talk about it. Yeah. Don't listen around Caden, but yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah. I okay. I can pretty much tell I don't listen okay. to a lot of podcasts around Caden, so we're good. All right. 
Uh, did you have any you want to talk about? Um, no, I actually didn't because only because everything I've listened to podcast wise, and I have listened to a good bit. They're all things I've always talked about before, right. and I feel like they would just be really repetitive. So, so, um, moving on to the best part of the night, Miranda. You know it, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Well, maybe not boys and girls, but definitely ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to Nerd Eye Candy of the Moment. Ooh. Ooh. Um, this was a very easy pick for me. When we talked about The Witcher earlier, I didn't really say who was in that show. But the main character is Superman himself, Henry Cavill. And he wears this amazing blonde wig in the show. He is jacked to the fucking gills. Like, even beyond Superman for me. Like, it's more muscly than Superman. Yes. I feel like. I may be wrong, but he is just, like, unreal looking. And his character is so tight-lipped. He does not talk much. He is he communicates in grunts for them a lot of the time. He says fuck as, like, whole paragraphs. Like... Something will hey, happen. Sometimes the word "fuck" is a whole paragraph. It, it's it, a whole. Mood. It is for him because, like, something fucked up will happen, and he'll just look down, and he'll say, "Fuck," and he has like I don't know what he does with his voice in this show either, but he has that like extremely gravelly, deep voice. Ugh, ugh, <laughs> it is next level. I mean, he he is stunning in every aspect in the show. Looks, performance, like, ugh. Everything, and like, and he, all of his movements are just very precise, and, and everything means something. He's just so much fun to watch in the show, and funny as fuck, man. Yes. Ugh. From what I did see, yes. He, it's this really, like, sly and wry sense of humor. It's just, it's everything. Ugh. So obsessed with like I liked Superman a lot, but <laughs> give me the Witcher any day. Like for real. Okay. I, oh my god. Now I want to watch it again. I think it's definitely one that would be a good rewatch because you might have missed something. And I was not gonna say it. I need to rewatch it actually, like pretty soon. Alright, yeah. did you come up with one? I did actually. Um, after we talked about, um, Picard episode one, Mm -hmm. I don't care how old this man is. (sighs) Typically, I'm one of those people that's like, they're how much older? Yeah, uh uh-uh. He, he's a badass. He's aged well. He gives zero, like, he's very, very nice. If you've ever watched, like, media coverage when he's done interviews, he's very nice. He has manners, but he also does not give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of... And Picard, the character, is that way as well. Well, he's in his 90s at this point, so it's just like all the fucks are gone, you know? Right. Like, I don't know that he... I don't think he's that old. But this man is amazing, and I think he definitely deserves a Nerd Eye Candy Award, basically, because that's what these kind of are. Like, he deserves one from... From us. Like, I'm surprised that he hasn't got one already. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. 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 I, 
I love him. I've loved him yeah. for a long time. He's wonderful. You can't just say Patrick Stewart. This is Sir Patrick Stewart, guys. Yeah. By the way, he has been knighted by the Queen herself. God damn it. You can call me Sir Patrick right? Stewart. Right? It is Sir Patrick Stewart. And his best friend is Sir Ian McCallan. Who is amazingly adorable as well. He is also adorable. Um, One of them, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, one of them got ordained so that the so that he could marry the other one to their spouse. I think it was um, Patrick got. Patrick got ordained so he could marry E. McKellen and his. His husband. I was going to say, one of them has a husband, <laughs> one of them has a wife. I'm pretty sure E. McKellen has a I will say, I got really mad at the internet last week. Because apparently, as like a funny on a red carpet recently, Ian McKellen proposed to Patrick Stewart and he like. They have a very close friendship, mm-hmm. and I guess um, he was like, yes, and, and kissed him back, and they're like, oh, I've been waiting for this. I was like, guys, they really didn't know. They both have spouses. They're <laughs> Yeah, I fun. think they all knew yeah. that they were, yeah. It was fun. No, there were some people in the group I'm in, and I won't say the group because then it would definitely call those people out. There's a group I'm in that... uh no, they definitely believed it. And they were like, I've been waiting for this. Oh, my God. I'm so happy for them. And I was like, no. Oh, okay. you know, it might have been the other way around because I just Googled it. Yeah, uh, but one of them, like, proposed my, the other one being cutesy funny. Well, no, I mean, about the officiant thing. Um, yeah, I don't remember. But one of yeah. them, like, that's their friendship. Like, mm-hmm. they go on, like, double dates with their significant others. Like, I the see a of picture them. of them kissing right now. Right. They hang out together, like, all the time. And unless something happened I don't know about, no, they're not together. Which. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> I don't know. We might need to do our research. No. Um, in 2003, Ian qualified uh, as a officiant and did the wedding for yeah. Patrick Stewart. And a lot of people got confused about that because I remember uh, when the, when that came out, the there was like a British um, online newspaper that was like, Sir Ian McKellen marries X-Men co-star Sir Patrick Stewart. And technically, he did marry that per- like yeah, the person. Yeah, it was a misleading line. Yeah. Uh, like, right? And they right. were like, wait, and they had to, like, retract. Yeah. And be like, what? No, no. He officiated. Yeah. <laughs> he officiated the wedding between Patrick Stewart and his wife. <laughs> That's yeah. adorable. It is adorable. And what I love about them, too, or what I also love about uh, Patrick Stewart is, like, there's a picture of him and his wife somewhere. They're, they're in a ball pit, mm-hmm. like, laughing and cheesing it up. And, like, I don't know. It just seems like a genuinely good, fun person mm-hmm. that doesn't care that he's this big star and doesn't care that, yeah. I think so, too. I agree. You know, Miranda, if you ever officiated a wedding, it would be a long-ass wedding. No, I would be really nice. <laughs> if I, well, Bianca would be like, well, Miranda couldn't officiate a wedding because she'd start crying. You're probably right, me. You're probably right. But, just to throw this out there, I am actually an ordained minister. Are you? Throwing it out there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, did. I got ordained uh, about a year or so ago because a friend of mine was going to get married, and she was having a dilemma of, you know, I don't, I don't have a church that I attend. I don't really 
have anywhere. You know, the uh, courthouse won't marry you anymore in the state of Alabama, in mm. case you're not an Alabama listener. You oh, can't yeah. at the courthouse anymore. Yeah. She didn't have a church she attended. Her It's now her spouse. She also didn't have a church she attended. And um, she'd always wanted her grandfather to marry her, and that wasn't possible. So I was like, well, this can't be that hard because I have a friend that's ordained, and there's a lot of celebrities ordained. Mm -hmm. So I actually went through, um, I think it's the same one Ian McKellen used. Um, But I actually went through the process, and I became an ordained minister so I could marry them. And then they ended up fucking sneaking off to the beach by themselves. And I was like... Middle fingers in the air, you two. Well, fuck you, Dan. I well, didn't want to officiate your like, wedding and anyway. Were really adorable. Like they took pictures. They only had a photographer and the person that married them with them. Um, and they had to have. They got someone with them from down at the beach. They didn't tell anybody, like nobody, mm-hmm. and they just did it. And it turned out beautiful. And I'm super happy for them. Um, but yeah, so now I am actually an ordained minister. And the other day, my husband and I were joking because we were like, uh, talking about this lady that like was in, you have to call her Dr. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I can tell you. Yeah. I'll tell you all about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> my husband was like, well, if that's what we're doing these days, he's like, I'm going to go back to my military rank. And he's like, and you're gonna, <laughs> cause technically I could be. Um, you can't, I, you pick your titles. So some people want us to be called minister, reverend, uh-huh. um, you know, there's a bunch of different titles that you can take that don't require, I mean, it's not like you're calling yourself the Pope. Right. You know, like, <laughs> different. Not a papal status. Here. Pope Miranda. <laughs> right? Like, well, hey, that's got a ring to it. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, like, you can choose, and I, and you have to choose when you're, for your certificate to come. So I chose reverend, because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, sure, reverend. So, um, Jerry was joking around. He's like, well, that's where we're going with this. He's like, I want her to address me as, you know, with his military status. And then he's, and she's like, and he's like, and furthermore, she can address you as Reverend Berkel. Because <laughs> he knows, like, he, obviously my husband knows I'm ordained. And so he was like, yeah, that's how this is going to go. So, yeah, I technically, shout out anybody, I can marry you, yo. I, I'm, I'm just like seeing like years and years of this podcast in the future in which I call you Reverend at least one time an episode, and I'm, I'm really looking it. forward to that. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. Yes, yeah, so, I mean technically, uh, technically according to the life church something. Anyway, I have to like double. I don't want to butcher their name. But anyway. I am Reverend Miranda Berthold, and I can marry you. Oh, boy. Invite me to your wedding, please, because I need to see this. Uh, If Miranda marries anybody, just throwing that out there. I think I'd be really good at it. I have some really good, like, you love this person, you love this person. Like, Mm -hmm. I have some really good speeches Mm -hmm. and things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Monologues. I do. Well, no, there's a lot of, like, well, honestly, at a marriage, at a wedding, there is a monologue, and then you're basically like, you love her, right? And then you're like, do you want to say anything to her? And a lot of times people are like, nope. And then they just, like, recite the vows to give them. So it is a lot of the minister talking. It's the perfect job. So basically all they have to do is say I do. The rest of it's all on you, right? Really? Unless they choose to write their own vows? Right. They don't. Really they don't anything. have to the say anything. Does. 
So it, it really does work out for you. It does work out for me. And I won't say fuck. <laughs> sure or you won't. During your wedding. Unless you want me to. Now, if you were like, no, I want you to be you. So I'll be like, just remember you did this. Just remember you did this. Ah, <laughs> uh, get endless enjoyment out of picturing you officiating a wedding. I love it so much. I can't, I honestly am really excited to, for somebody to finally like let me. Maybe somebody will. Um, I was excited. My nephew's getting married at the end of March, and I was like, just throwing us out there, your best and favorite aunt is an ordained minister. I um, mean. But his, yeah, his fiance, who's super sweet, she's like me. She grew up in a really small town, um, just in East Tennessee, instead of, like, so she grew up very similar to me, and so she's always had, like, she's always known if I ever get married, this is who I want to marry me, mm-hmm. and she gets to have that, mm-hmm. so I would never take that away Right, right. Okay. I was like. Throwing this out there. I love you. And mm-hmm. he's like, Aunt Miranda, you just cry the whole time. And I'm like, That is probably. true. Yeah. This is true. You're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But I'm still willing to marry you to your wife. So, you know. Maybe if it was a stranger, you would do better with yeah. the crying thing. And you know, just to not, I'm not sure if you know this, but our friend Joe, she's also ordained. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Joe is also ordained. Cool. And I will marry. Yeah. If somebody's like, I want to get married and nobody will marry us for whatever reason, um, unless it's your cousin or your <laughs> son or something, okay. You want to get married? I'm, I'm cool with that. Just don't marry your brother, please. I will not marry you to your brother, your cousin, your stepson, <laughs> a ghost, a tree. <laughs> I have hard nose. Okay. All right. That's it. All that being said, wow. So this is the Jenny Position podcast feed, and there are a bunch of shows on this feed. So you should go and listen to some of them. Um, One of them is called Freak Out Drive-In. We just did an episode with me and Matt Souza. We watched Alien, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, Also on the journey through infinity, Tim, Scott, Justin, and I um, watched, nope. We're not live watching. We're just talking about all the MCU movies. And our next one is Thor. So that was a good episode. So check that one well, out. We didn't live watch them, but you did watch them to discuss them. Yes, so, exactly. I mean, you're not wrong by saying we watched. We so. watched, yeah. There should be a new Talk and Pop fairly soon. Probably not by the time you hear this, but coming up. But our last episode was um, really fun. It was with our friend Sean Kidd. And... Um, we had a good time talking to him. So, um, Also, you can find us on Facebook at The Jenny Position. And you can leave us a review there. Also, Geek and Sassy has a Facebook page. You can talk to us there and leave a review there as well. And I am personally on Twitter at Jenny Position. And Miranda is at Mom's a Nerd. Yep. Is there any other podcast coming up that you want to talk about? Um, yes, I'll briefly say one. Please be on the lookout for the revamped Sassy Ballots for year number, is this three, Jenny, or two that we've done it? Three. No, this is not two. This is either three or four. Anyway, please, those are being revamped, cleaned up a little. Every year we've done it, I've cleaned it up a little bit more and a little bit more just 
you know, because you learn from the year before. Um, so please be on the lookout sometime about mid-February um, for those sassy ballots so that we can um, bring you another wonderful and best, most important award show ever. Ever. Um, called the sassies obviously um so be on the lookout for that but you can find me also over on place to be nation i am currently on a show with my friend andy and his really good friend chad uh where we are working our way through the disney catalog and we began with snow white so we are going in chronological order so snow white was the first one is available for listening now and our next show will be pinocchio um our next episode will be on pinocchio uh, we are currently going to do one a month, uh, going through all the way up to current with Frozen Two. That's cool. That's like um, a... which there will be more. There will be more after that, but at this time, Frozen Two is considered the most current. Um, gotcha. So yeah, we're working our way through those, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I also did an Oscars, um, like a should will. Mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. with um, Andy again and his friend um, who is brand new to podcasting. He'd never done a podcast before, but he has written a lot of articles um, online, I believe, for Place Your Nation. And so Polly and Andy and I ran through all the nominees and said who we feel should win, who we think will win. We talked about things that we did not like. No surprise, Miranda did not like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but whatever. Um, everybody else apparently did. <laughs> but we we go over those things, um, which is a lot of fun. Poor Miss Jenny was supposed to join us, but she was like triple booked. I was triple booked that night because I'm an idiot sometimes. Well, no, Let's it's see. because she's got a lot of great content, and so unfortunately things like that happen. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and the Disney one will be a cont- one that will continue, and then you can hear Jenny and I both coming up uh, soon. We have an episode, if you are not new to Place to Be Nation over there, uh, looking forward, looking back. We're going to go over some movies with our friends over there. So that's where I will be coming up. So I got, I got a lot, actually. I, mean, I never yeah, do, do, but I do. I do. Try to get a lot in before that move. That way we can figure out time zones and things like that and it not mm. be like, we got five to record. Right. You know, um, I'm quite jealous that you got to podcast with the Chad Campbell before I I did. I did get to podcast with the Chad Campbell. I also learned that the Chad Campbell and I, um, our kid has the same name. Yes, you do. Yes, so we were having to differentiate, like, Chad's Kaden. Right. Ryan's Kaden. Um, Yeah, Chad has a lot of fun. He was a lot of fun. He did a great job. Great job. Yes, that is on on my podcasting bucket list, so. Just saying. Maybe you well, can put a good word in for me. You know? I can sure try. I I've done a couple shows. I'm, I'm kind of all right at it. So like, yeah. yeah. Although Chad and I disagree about like mostly 100 percent about things. So. <laughs> but that might be a good podcast. Yeah, he was really good though. Um, so check that out for sure. All right. Well, that will do it for the show. On that note, I gotta call my husband. People. All right. Good night. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. At the edge of the world, 
fight the mighty horn that bashes and breaks you and brings you to more. He thrust every elf far back on the shelf, high up on the mountain from whence it came. Wiped out your past, God kicked in his chest, he's a friend of humanity, so give him the rest. That's my epic tale, our champion brother, defeated the villain.